Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the all-new Ask the Trucker Live. Today is Thursday, January twenty-second, two 2015, coming to you live from Citrus County, Florida, which lies about 90 miles north of Tampa. I'm Alan Smith, along with Donna Smith, your humble host of the program. And for our show this evening, we welcome our special guest, Brian Carlson, of the Drive for Freedom organization and creator of the Drive It Right or Park It campaign. Uh, a lot of issues facing the trucking industry, with most always with a direct cause and effect to the professional driver. And Mr. Carlson joins us to discuss how driver image is related to these causes and effects and, and how the image drivers projects among the industry and the general public can have a serious impact on the fu- on future regulations, for example. So, uh, Donna, we've talked before about driver image, but uh, I think this show will take the issue to a higher higher level, don't you think? Well, we've had a lot of feedback, uh, people writing um, emails, and what we've determined is we're going to have to have a series of driver image uh, shows because it, it does play such an important uh, part in in everything it it just kind of drips over into every aspect of trucking and to try to you know discuss it just in one show probably you know isn't going to cut it so um i i know a lot of people are are really looking forward to tonight's show and uh like i said we'll we'll probably end up having a series on these uh types of issues and the relationship to the trucking industry issues well, I know Brian Carlson, he's doing a lot of good work in there. We're going to talk about all that. If you'd like to uh, join the conversation, our call-in number is 347-826-9170. Our guest, Brian Carlson of DriveForFreedom.com, and that's with a four, DriveForFreedom.com. Our show, Driver Image and the Outcome Effect on Trucking Issues, and it's all coming up on Ask the Trucker Live. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. 
There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Our guest, Brian Carlson of driveforfreedom.com. And let me go over here and grab that real quick. That would probably help. Uh, All right, Brian, hey, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us this evening. Well, thank you, Alan and Donna, for having me on. uh, I know we've uh, delayed coming on a bit, but I think uh, the wait was worth it, and uh, let's hope that we can uh, make an impact tonight. Well, driver driver image is so huge, and you're you're so into all that accountability, and um, I mean, actually, you know, you're a um, a writer for NADA, a contributing writer for the North American Trucking Alerts, and the two organizations, because you're a 501c, um, are just look at things so similarly that it was like a you know, a perfect match. It wouldn't make sense for you not to be a contributor on that site. <laughs> so, right. Just uh, well, we do welcome. thank you for allowing us to have that opportunity. As you know, as well. Uh, I think, um, you know, with as much um, negativity, obviously, as our business uh, has incurred over the years, um, when we started the Drive for Freedom, we obviously wanted to find like-minded people uh, to work together. Um, positively and put the negative aside and and try and make some progress Uh, because I think to some degree uh, there's a lot of us in our industry that kind of feel like we got our legs in quicksand and you know we're just kind of struggling to to get out of it Um, and uh, you know put our feet on the ground and start running a little bit uh, with the change that we want Um, and it's going to take time, but with courage and heart and all of that stuff that goes into uh, achieving success, um, basically focusing on the positives. Um, we know what the negatives are, but the drive for freedom, we don't want to ignore that. We know what they are, but what we want to do is focus on our solutions moving forward. That's the end or the bottom line there with that. Uh, Because if we dwell too much, we just end up kind of like what we see on Facebook is we're continually rehashing what is affecting us, but not moving forward. So that's Mm -hmm. why we're here tonight, to see if we can make some progress. Yeah. Well, okay. If we we have a lot of new listeners to the show, we get a lot of... uh, 
uh, you know, people just coming into the trucking industry who, you know, may not know anything about it. You know, they just need a job. They're just trying to get into a truck, get rolling, uh, not to rehash everything. But if you could, if you could step away from trucking for a minute, if you could step away from being a driver, I know you've been driving a long time and all over the U.S. and Canada and everywhere else, but if you could step outside of that trucking bubble for a second and explain, how did, what what is the driver image that uh the public sees what what is the image that um you know those outside of trucking you know perceive as a driver from your viewpoint well i don't think it's entirely bad i think there's a lot of uh of the general motoring public and and people who are not associated to trucking i think they some of them Extol our truckers and and hold them in high regard, um, but there's also that um, that segment of society that that has downgraded and devalued truckers in a lot of ways, um, either by their actions or things they've said. Um, we see it on social media a lot, where where comments uh, are made that um, truckers are overpaid, complainers, and the list goes on and on of the derogatory statements. I think that truckers have to kind of swallow um and you know there is a lot of drivers um i guess what i want to project to society as a whole is is that there is a lot of intelligent truck drivers in our industry and they need to be brought to the surface there's a lot of truck drivers who uh, convey an image to the public that oftentimes is not um, it's not recognized, uh, not in the way that we want it to be recognized. Um, we've always been a firm believer that truck drivers deserve reward beyond milestone rings and plaques. We want to see drivers uh, succeed, you know, 30 years from now. We're thinking about their retirement, what's important to their families. And if we're not able to to find the real good ones, the ones that got the heart and the courage to change it all and put their heads together and form a nucleus, a real team, then we're not going to be able to do anything with the ones who don't care. And so when we do the work we do with Delaware North Sports Service and the Green Bay Packers here in Green Bay, we're slowly starting to see how the public has been following the DFF and how our drivers have been conducting themselves. Now, this isn't to say that they conduct themselves any better than anyone else in the industry, but we are trying to give the public something more than a predisposed or preconceived notion of what a trucker really is. And as a result, we've done a, you know, a spectacular job of that because Delaware keeps inviting us back. And they they think a lot different about truckers now than when we first signed our first contract with them. And if we see through Facebook, we have some employees from Southwest Airlines that have been following the DFF and watching us closely. And even they want to come out this June um, and be a part of what the truckers are doing at the Kenny Chesney concert on June 20th to help raise awareness about what we need to do from the ground 
up from the truck stop out to change our image and to affect the more vital social issues that face us as truckers. We want to we want to impact those huge problems. But until we impact each other on the ground level and start believing and having faith in each other and diminish or I guess a better word is reduce the denigration between driver to driver, how can anybody else see us differently? We have well, that's a huge problem. Th- that, that's a huge problem, Brian. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, you can go on all these groups in Facebook, and it's 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 just horrible. I mean, they just you know, well, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, or you're dumb, yeah. and instead of having an intelligent debate. Um, I don't know, and and you wonder, you know, driver image. I mean, what is the problem? You know, we were talking about we have with us tonight. Um, Richard Wilson's with us in the in yeah. as we do this show, and he's our um, regulatory and compliance on our advisory council over yeah. at NADA. Oh, I missed my moment. Yeah, Rich, oh, Richard, okay. Richard Wilson's in the house. <laughs> There's, I mean, that was a perfect timing for my applause, and I missed it. There it is. Okay, yeah, and Richard, I open up your lines. We'll jump in any time, but go ahead, Don. Okay, but we were talking about this, you know, driver image, and the. I mean, it was a, a regular thing we were having. It It is a huge problem, but the, the image, um, I mean, what what is the cause we were trying to we went through a whole big richard gave a whole big history of the cause of the image and what it used to be and this and that but the problem now is how do you change that both within the driver and society but it's not going to change but the public isn't going to change their viewpoint on the image of of the truck driver until the truck driver uh, themselves have a, a different image, and, yeah. and this but, is a difficult problem. Right. But that, but that, well, here's that's what uh, that, that's what Drive for Freedom is uh, all about, right? Right. Well, and and here's two quick points. Um, the first one I want to say that okay, we're struggling with driver image, right? But we are also dealing with how the driver perceives themselves, right? What we need to do is reach inside these guys and and a lot of women now in the trucking industry and give them a sense of value because many of them come to me and say, Brian, I feel like I don't have any worth. The world's tell me, told me that I'm this, that, or the other thing. And what I say is, you know what? We're, gonna, we're not going to worry about what they say anymore. What we're going to do is start fresh. This is what I think you are. This is the value that I think you have. And when you do that, you increase their um, confidence, not only in their ability to be a truck driver, but to be an excellent version of themselves. You have to use words like compassion and encouragement and all of those words with truckers in order to lift them up 
to lift up their spirits, to propel them to want to be great at what they do. But when they view themselves terribly, it's one step at a time. It's about caring Mm -hmm. about human beings first, then the truck driver second, a very close second, mind you. But our companies in in our country will truly benefit from the camaraderie that can be achieved when you have people all working in unison towards the same goals. There are so many that don't want those goals to be achieved, but we can't focus on those. We need to focus on the ones we got, get the motoring in the right direction, and then keep them at a high level. You know, because it really is, there is a huge human factor here. And, um, you know, we, we deal with depression and anxiety and stress. And what I like to, how I like to refer to the trucking industry today, more so than ever before, is a 3,000 mile foot, you know, mile wide wall of anxiety and all the negative words that we could probably come up with. What the DFF is trying to do, along with the Field Advisor Safety Program, is slowly chip away at each driver a little bit at a time to pardon, you know, I don't want to sound like Reagan here, but tear down the wall, in essence. Mm -hmm. And it's by improving one individual at a time. You're not going to conquer 600 at a time or 10,000. But if you do it one at a time and you get it right with each one, now that's going to start to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Contagious. The more and you brought up a good point when you said it was the driver's perception of themselves. And that was a topic a couple of weeks ago that was was very important of, of you know, self-esteem. And I know Alan and Rich were talking uh, today that, you know, when when people feel like they're beaten down, they do have mm-hmm. a poor self-image. So Absolutely. what you're saying is don't let that happen, or how, do, how don't you let that happen? Well, um, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of terminology and words that I'll use that, that don't normally get used in the trucking industry. And I have a, a picture that I created of many that I have over the last two years, and one of them is, is a picture of a truck beneath the surface of um, some stainless steel. And the words say, there is a champion inside us all. We just got to find it. And those kind of, uh, that kind of um, verbiage, um, that is what goes into uh, allowing the drivers to understand that not only do I have value in and of myself, but what I have to offer to my fellow driver is priceless. Value beyond anything monetary. That's why the Drive for Freedom is a non-fee-based organization, is because mm-hmm. we want to place people first. Not that other organizations that have a dollar value attached to it or, or they work with advertisers, not that that's a bad thing. That's fine. That's all well and good. We just chose to take a different approach because 
as a truck driver of 20 years or so, I always felt like a traveling ATM. Somebody always had their fingers in my wallet. And I just thought, mm-hmm. you know what? If I'm going to build this thing, I'm going to build it so that I don't have to feel compelled like I have to give something monetary in order to be part of something with value. And so when the when the drivers go to the Drive for Freedom website, if they choose to find value in what the content is there, eventually if it expands and more people appreciate the content, mm-hmm. the money will take care of itself later. But we have to have results first, right? So you do the results without asking for the fee. So with the Field Safety Advisor Program, we've got men and women, hands on, roll up their sleeves, boots on the ground, affecting drivers one at a time. If Can you drivers, share with everybody what the, the team? Public. Can you share with everybody what the team field safety advisory um, is for uh, Drive for Freedom, or what the people, sure. the members do? Well, the the whole idea behind that um, it, it was it was triggered by a few things, but one of the most important things was, and I don't want to get into too much about the FMCSA, um, but I will make a point here. They sent out, I think, some numbers, and I am not going to be exactly accurate on them. I should have studied them better. But I think it was um, when they implement a rule, and they tell me personally that this mandate or this policy or this uh, unilateral mandate is is going to save $140 million and uh, reduce you know, 560 incidents or injuries and save 19 lives. Um, I have a huge problem with that because as a human being who really is impacted by loss of life and the sanctity of life, I say, wow, we can do a lot better than that. The problem is, is that we have been listening to them for so long, believing everything they tell us for the most part as fact but then we are disappointed. So the field advisor safety program says, okay, you guys are doing that over there. You want to save 19 lives? Well, we're going to try and beat that by a lot. Because me personally, and I don't want to get down on people who have accidents or incidents. We don't want to go over the, of course, people are human. It is human to err. But to me personally, to see all the wrecks and all the accidents and all just everything that we see on a daily basis, to me is almost to the point where it's become embarrassing. Because you can't put the word professional in the same sentence as truck driver when we have all of these accidents that a large majority of us who care, I think we all agree that most of them are preventable. Now, yes, there's an anomaly here and there where somebody had a stroke or a seizure or heart attack or whatever. Who knows the cause of all of the accidents? But bottom line is they're happening, and we got to stop them. What we want to mm-hmm. say is we're setting the bar high. We're going to do better than 19, but really the field advisor safety program is about saving 
people's lives and then saving money, saving the company's money. Because all the little fender benders and all the insurance claims, they all add up. What troubles me is that we don't see the owners of corporations stepping up and blowing the whistle and saying, stop, enough is enough. Do we, do we really like paying all these bills? I don't think so. But that's why we can't control how they think or, or how they do business. We just have to do what we do over here and hope it makes a serious impact. Because this really is about passion for me and my wife, Jennifer, and the members of the foundation. We really just want to do our thing and, and really not brag about it. Just do what we want to do to make an impact. And hopefully, folks will warm up to it and want to be a part of that. And what, what, what are some of the um, things that the, the members of the Team Field uh, Safety Advisors, what, what do they do? What, what is part of their roles to improve well, the, the safety? Well, obviously, the number one rule is an ability to discern in real time as a truck driver, meaning understanding that when I am faced with a situation out on the road, whether it's an impassable road or a road that I may feel uncomfortable with but someone else might be okay with, is in that very moment we need to get the driver to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pull over no matter what my agent or my dispatcher or my boss says, I'm going to have the courage to say no, and I'm going to park it. Mm-hmm. And once and once they start to do that, on a grand scale, you're going to start to see a lot less accidents and incidents because the fear, it's really, the, our industry has been chock full of guilt trips by absolutely everybody in charge of truck drivers' lives. If we If we feel we have to park it, because we want to be safe, somebody's always overriding us. Somebody's always saying, you know what, oh, it's not that bad, just go. No, it is that bad, and I'm going to stop whether you like it or not. To me, that's how I approached the situation out on the road with my agents or my dispatchers, even my boss. I would not let him pull a guilt trip on me. I said, this is the way it is, dude. This is my job, my livelihood. I've got whatever it is, $750,000 worth of freight on the trailer, and I'm done, and I'll call you when I'm ready to go. And, and that's part of the that. accountability um, yeah, that well, yes. I think your group is calling for and um, NADA and so many other people. I mean, we've we've had other radio shows, I mean, and and I think Rich, who's here with us tonight, was on many of them, where we've said, uh, you know, part of the problem is people, they're they're scared, they're afraid of retaliation, they're afraid of this or that, and Mm -hmm. so they keep going. Now, some people just keep going because they want the mileage and maybe they're irresponsible. You know, you you can't be a victim and blame everything on somebody else um and that's right. one of the biggest problems in the right. industry right now is people pointing 
the finger at the next person instead of sure. being accountable for their uh, action. And what you're saying is yeah. that the driver in this case can make the – he can't change the company, and he can't change the shipper, and he can't change the freight broker, and he can't change the FMCSA – but each individual spoke in the wheel of the trucking industry can be accountable right. and change themselves. And that's what it's going to take. And well, because um, what we I think want, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we want is, is, is one of, part of our message is to elevate the status of the American trucker or Canadian trucker because we have Canadian members as well, part of the team, the, the field advisor team as well is that we want to see drivers on a grand scale receive acknowledgement from the American public and from our those in power and our authorities that look at what truck drivers are doing to impact. You see, when, when, when the FMCSA says, I want to save $140 billion, but the bill was $890 billion, Boy, we got a long ways to go. That's a lot of taxpayer dollars right there. Can we save that? We can sure make a dent in it. And that's that's the key to this whole thing, is how is the DFF not only going to affect drivers themselves in the industry, but how is it going to affect the public? If we can save $500 billion in waste, how do you think the public is going to view us? They're going to view us as responsible, intelligent, People who care, not marauders of the highway, not reckless, not people who never sleep, and all of the rhetoric that we've heard that is, for the most part, a bunch of false baloney, because this country has a lot of very responsible truck drivers that the media has never spoke to. They have shoved them under the rug. And it's time that they were brought into the light. End of story. I'm tired of the media and what they've done to our image by wording headlines uh, that are more apropos to the general public. They seem Mm -hmm. to cater to that terrible image. You know, truck driver ram school bus instead of saying school bus collides with truck that well sometimes yeah. sometimes they, it's not even a a real truck right uh, oh no sometimes they'll say, sometimes they'll say truck and uh it turns out to be a pickup truck so um and, you know we can all agree the media has played a big part in that driver image but hey brian hold on i got to take a break we'll be back i'll take a call um just say hello to our uh, listeners on the line uh, i've got florida colorado michigan texas oklahoma pennsylvania oregon tech uh another texas uh new mexico thanks for joining us here hey we'll take a quick break be right back with our guest Brian Carlson of Drive for Freedom organization, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and the Drive It Right or Park It campaign. So hang with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Ask the Trucker Live, and I want to tell you how you can save big money with Pivot Technology Resources. Pivot Technology Resources is the trucking industry's only source for quality new and used mobile communications and asset tracking equipment. With Pivot Technology Resources, you can have the latest technology such as Omnitrax MCP50 and the MCP200, or PeopleNet BLU2 or PD4, and for around half the price of going directly through the manufacturer. Here's how they are able to bring you quality technology at such a low cost. Pivot Technology Resources obtains working in-cab computers from companies that go out of business, downsize their fleet, or change their technologies. Their team of professionals guarantee that they are in working order and even offers a brand new in-house warranty and all for about half the price. They even will buy your equipment as well. Find out more by calling 1-800-679-0177 and visit them on the web at pivotresources.com. Discover why so many of the most respected companies in the country have relied on their expertise. one 800 679-0177 pivotresources.com This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. We're talking with Brian Carlson of driveforfreedom.com. That's with the number four, driveforfreedom.com. And, hey, Brian, I've got a lot of hands up here. You want to grab some, grab a few uh, callers? Oh, almost certainly. I'll do my best. Uh, this is all new to me, so, you know, we'll just uh, do what we can for them, okay? All right, you're doing good. Hey, we'll go to uh, – take them in order they come. We'll go to Florida, Colorado, and then North Carolina. But for – did you – are you? Did you want Rich? Uh, uh, Florida area code seven two seven. Go ahead. Welcome to the show. Florida caller from seven. Hey, hey, how's it going? Flor. Oh, oh, hold on. Okay, it it would help if I opened up your line. Go ahead. You're you're on the show. That's okay. I'm used to talking to myself. <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> how's it? Thomas, uh, it's been a while since been here. Yes, yes, it's been a while. Uh, I, I was thinking when he first started out that, that, that it all starts with respect. You and I have had this discussion before. You teach a driver respect for himself, and everything else flows naturally. Uh, he'll do his job better. He'll do. He'll be better planned, better arranged for the day. Uh, it, it, it's it's that's what they don't have out here. There's no self-respect, and I, I like about what he was talking about in the beginning there. Um, you know, the one thing I disagreed with was the the, the statement that all accidents were preventable. Um, that's a corporate statement. So if you're out here driving, you know they're not all preventable. Uh, we we could do a better job right. to prevent a lot of them, but it, it's corporate yin yang. It's it's yelling at the driver. You could do better. Uh, you know what? You don't have right. to yell at a driver. Just just tell them you know do better. Uh, and then saying right. that all accidents are preventable is yelling at a driver, uh, and that that doesn't do anything for his image. I, I understand, and, and yes, I probably um, could have been more conscientious in wording that properly. Um, I, I don't think I wanted to go to the word all. I think I wanted to say that a large majority of them, uh, that's probably yes, what I, I should have said. So, I, so I'm so i glad that you corrected me on that, and I'm okay with that. 
No problem. <laughs> I, I'm not shy about opinion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, that's no, all right. You're fine. And Tom, Tom, um, Tom, I mess up your name every time. It's Ingroldi, right? I'll go for it. It's Ingroldi, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've, he's also another contributor on Not. I just wanted to say that. I don't want to embarrass you, but I had to say it. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, I, I do recognize the name, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I went into this show because I, I, this, this is something I've been looking into. Again, this is right along the lines of accountability. It's perfect uh, um, that more more people should know about this. I will be passing it around to my friends. So. Well, I thank you very much for that, sir. And, and really, yes, it does. It goes down to mutual respect. And I've always uh, been such a proud truck driver. Um, I was a very fussy driver about my load and my truck and, and uh, how I conducted myself on a daily basis almost to the point of it was maybe overboard some days, but I, 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 to me, it was really uh, a job that I loved a lot, and I wish I could go back to it sometimes. But then uh, my friends bring me back down to earth and tell me I'm sick. You know, uh, you don't want to go back to the road, but yeah, no, the the road was good to me for the most part, and um, and uh, I, I met a lot of folks like yourself out there who um, really, you know, classy drivers, and and I think we need to really. Um, bring class and dignity and decorum and diplomacy to the forefront for truckers. And I think we'll see a difference. Yep. Yeah. Treat, treat hey, okay. Hey, hey, Oh, go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, I was just saying, treat them like they're people instead of a cog or, you know, or, or just a, a monkey at the wheel. Uh, that's you, right. you show us a little respect and we show you some respect back. And again, I don't, that's my pet peeve is respect all around. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we were. We, with the, go ahead, Alan. Oh no, I was just going to say we were uh, we were all sitting around before the show, uh, uh, Donna and I and Richard, and we were uh, we were all talking about that. And we were talking about that constant beating down, you know, that drivers experience so so much. You know, I can't even put a finger on when it all started, but that plays a big part in that image. So, hey, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll go to uh, Colorado area code. 303, welcome to the show. Alan, Donna, Richard, and your guest, Rick Ash up in Colorado. Nice to talk to you again. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Pretty good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Well, I I wanted to uh, share a couple things with you in addition to the, to the positive contributions that our group, the Trucking Solutions Group, makes to the industry. One of the things that I try to do uh, to help out with our images on on any day when I'm driving where I'm coming in contact with a customer, whether it's a shipper to pick up a load or a consignee to deliver a load. Um, I'm, I'm wearing a shirt and tie and a nice pair of slacks to meet that customer. It's something that I got from uh, friends of mine. Oh, Henry Albert actually started, and he talked Bob and Linda Caffey into doing it, and they talked me into doing it. But uh, it's just something that we do to try and improve our image and I, we don't try to talk anybody else into doing it. We understand it's not practical for a lot of people, but it's just something that we decided to do. But the story right. I wanted to share with you is one where public perception um, out there can really hurt you, um, and it surprised me. And it happened to me about four years ago. I was driving north on I-35 through Texas in Temple, Texas, just south of Waco, and uh, I was on a two-lane stretch of road there was a four-wheeler beside me that wanted very badly to get in front of me and 
and she tried to cut in front of me to pass. The problem was she hadn't gotten all of her vehicle passed by truck yet. So when she made the, the uh, maneuver to come into the left lane, the left rear of her car came in contact with the right front of my truck, caused her car to spin right in front of my truck, and I was basically T-boning her, pushing her up the highway. So oh, the wow. Front of my truck. The front of my truck was was flush against the driver's side of her car, pushing her up the high-speed lane of Interstate 35. Um, Oh, man. Eventually, we got uh, her car continued off to my left and ended up in in the median strip. Um, So, obviously, the entire accident was her fault. She she was cited for three different things at the scene and decided to fight the ticket. Uh, On the day that she appeared in court... The prosecuting attorney had called me and asked me if there was any way I could come down and, tr- and testify during during her trial, and I said I will try, which I did. And the whole thing went on, and the, and the police officers testified that were on the scene and so forth, and they had me come up and tell my story. And then the case went to a jury, and it wasn't a 12-person jury, but it was a six-person jury, smaller type of court. Uh, to too uh, uh, late to make a long story short, but anyway, she lost her her uh, appeal to get the the fines lifted. She was found guilty by the jury, and I was sitting in the audience afterwards, and one of the jurors that had deliberated her case came over and sat down beside me. She said, I wanted to thank you for for coming all the way down here today, but I just wanted to tell you is we were sitting in there deliberating this case and we wanted so badly to find in her favor, but we couldn't because of the actual evidence and what had happened. And I looked at her and I said, well, why did you want to find her innocent? And she looked me straight in the face and she said, because you're a truck driver. Wow. And I looked at her and I said, you mean to tell me that when you walked in the door this morning to be a juror to deliberate on a case, you had already decided that that this woman was going to be found innocent because of a truck driver? And she said, "Yeah." She said, "We want. We talked about it. She said, we wanted so much to find in her favor, but we couldn't because of the evidence." But she said that that she wanted to find this lady innocent for the simple reason that I was a truck driver. That's and what do you attribute that to, uh, Rick? What, 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 public's, what, public's image of truck drivers. It's like, mm-hmm. why, how could you possibly come in with that type of, of disposition ahead of time without even hearing anything to already find somebody guilty just because of their, their occupation? I said that I was driving completely safe, legal. She's the one who did something crazy. But it's just an example of the public's perception out there. As you end up in a court of law, there's not a whole lot of people that are necessarily going to be on your side. Right. But my my question. The general (laughs) public perceives what they see on the 6 o'clock news. Right. And that's well, that's where happens. I'm going at, Richard. I mean, yeah. why? Why is it? Is it the image themselves that the truck drivers portray, is, or is it the media? What? Where? In other words, we're talking about solutions. And, sensationalism. Um, sensationalism. Sensationalism. I agree themselves. with you, John, Donna, and I do believe it's the media because whenever you see a story yeah. on 
on the news, regardless of where you are in the country, it's the truck driver that's involved in an accident because we're big and heavy. We cause a lot of damage, and 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 people get injured, but they never mention the fact that 75% of all accidents involving trucks and cars are caused by the car, so they walk yeah. away with the perception that the truck driver was the, was at fault because the fact they never t- say who was involved, or excuse me, they never say who caused the accident. They just show the accident and the sensationalism right. of it. Okay. Well, if I can if I can interject real quick, I'm going to tell you a quick, quick, very quick little story, just on point here. Um, <clears throat> it was quite a few years ago. I was doing an oversized load, 15 wide, and lo and behold, there was a person at an intersection um, watching the pilot cars and us, and I go by. And the gentleman decided to pull out between the pilot car and myself, uh, sped up too quickly, and almost um, punted the the back end of my load. Um, Obviously, it scared him, uh, and he was angry. Um, And it's really about this, a lot of it about the mental stability of those in cars, too, because that never gets exposed either. We deal with so much with road rage and, and the disrespect from people in cars, uh, an astronomical amount, and this person pulled up beside of my truck with 15 wide going down a two lane or not a less than two lane Texas road. Didn't know whether I had a daughter or 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 a wife. He didn't know whether I was married or single. And blurted out, "I should rape your daughter and kill your wife." Those are the mm. kinds of things that people are subjected to as truck drivers. Now, that's a very extreme case, but it has happened where drivers have been spit on and been uh, assaulted by people in traffic. Those are the things that the media needs to hear about, too, because we have been subjected to enough of that um, that, you know, they they should have have a few stories of those uh, floating around, too. But unfortunately, they don't. They seem to always focus on our negative. So those are the kinds of things that the media needs to uh, focus on and, and, uh, and let the public know that uh, they're not so squeaky clean out there either. You know? I'd like, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to comment on that. And instead of the car or, you know, or the driver of the vehicle saying that to a driver, I'd like to see channel six news at six o'clock, walk on a loading dock and watch the uh, checker on a pro at a, at a grocery market uh, say that, you know that those very words to the guy coming on and handing him his paperwork. Yes. Well, and, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a, a, a guy in a car. It can be you know people we deal with every day. Unfortunately, yeah, it's dis- a shame. You know they don't oh, see the that. Disres- yes, the disrespect on docks. Um, uh, and I and I won't get into a victimization thing of truckers because we don't want to do that. But no, what I but I mean, it's is, just it's it, 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 that that's what we deal with every day, yeah. and I and I give you know oh, and yeah. I and I give a lot of credit to to the drivers, you know, because the, the because of what they have to put up with, and still maintain a semblance of civility to do their right. job and represent their company. And Rick and I have talked about this, and Alan and I were talking about it earlier. I mean, you know, the negativity, and then we still have to maintain that that semblance of civility and represent our company. And I agree with right. Rick. You know, you don't have to wear a suit and tie, but my God, a clean shirt. You know, and and yeah. you know, you know, little you know, little bit of cleanliness of your fingernails goes a long way. You don't have to look Absolutely. like a filthy slob. 
you know, yeah. and, and well, you're very, you know, you're a little very bit right of self-respect there, goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I know as much as I, um, uh, the loads that I hauled, I was, you know, in the dust and the mud all the time and spent eight hours blocking a load and dragging chains around. But when I was done and I was at the truck stop waiting for my permits, you know, I put on a clean dress shirt and clean jeans and running shoes and, and kind of just uh, had to feel like, you know, I worked I worked for a living today, but now it's down to driving and I'm going to do it with some class. And to me, that's not, not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting everybody to do that exactly the way I did it. That was just right. me. But I think that if folks learn to do that a little bit more, they would feel a lot better about themselves, their job, and the people that they uh, do business with daily. And not only that, and that's why we want to get that DFF emblem out there on the back of those high-vis shirts, is to let those those people know that, you know, we don't deserve to be pushed around anymore. That enough is enough. We're going to be civil towards each other and have respect for all of our time. The time we sit in docks is, is ridiculous, and the list goes on and on. We could probably go on for 10 days of all of the, 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 you know, the pain and suffering that, that we've uh, you know, been subjected to on many levels, a myriad of levels. But you know, ultimately, we're about trying to improve that, and, and as long as we affect it one driver at a time, Maybe groups like us, uh, Nada and yourself, Richard, and the gentleman that just called in, we are like-minded people, so we got to feed off each other and drive this thing, and then we can affect the big problems. Yeah, and uh, oh, I just wanted to 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 add one thing to that, and uh-huh. and I'm glad you you said that the DFF and um, Nada, and Rick, who's part of the Trucking Solutions Group. That's a group of people over there um, that f- they've, been, they've been at this for a long time, too. And it's so great to have people all together now on the same page who, who can share this message. I mean, and here we have Rich, who's been, you know, for so long preaching so much of this. And to get these people all together, and what you said, instead of fighting amongst ourselves, because that's the real, the real monster, as you call it, Brian. Okay, I, I read something that you posted on Facebook t- today. Yeah. Is don't fight amongst yourselves. The unity. Now this goes back to the convention of two eleven and two twelve to bring unity. You're going to have to face all this together because it is a monster, like you said, right. fighting all these different things. And, and that's why we, um, we stumbled yeah. on the Drive It Right or Park It campaign. I mean, we just stumbled on that. Um, I didn't even that's excellent. Yeah, well, how that happened was creating that picture with the truck, the smoked-out 69 needle nose, and putting up there that professional courtesy is not old school rather it's a choice and then all of a sudden the drive it right or park it campaign came to pass and and really i hope not for our financial sake but i hope that people do get that shirt because we need to affect people need to see that because it will create a sense of urgency for the industry that the drivers who care are really sick and tired of all the nonsense. 
We're tired of the trash all over the ground. We're tired of you telling me to F off. We're tired of you all the swear words and the expletives and the and the this, that, and the other thing that just is a yoke around our neck as truckers. We're going to shed that. We're drawn in line in the sand, and that is enough. We're done. Because I get tell, so tell everybody that. listening about the shirt, Brian. Yeah, hold, hold on just a second, Donna. Hey, Rick, um, when did you say that happened to you three or four years ago, you said? Yeah, I think it was about four years ago, Alan. It was, I was in Temple, Texas, just south of Waco, heading northbound towards Dallas. Well, I, I mean, I'm still amazed that she just looked you straight in the eye and told you that. No, she, she sought me out to tell me that. I mean, she came and found yeah. me. That's what I surprised. What was surprised? And and I was sitting there in a shirt and tie. You know, I'm you know me. I'm clean cut and 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 speak professionally and so forth. But she sought me out to tell me that you know we wanted so so badly to find in her favor, but we couldn't because of the evidence. And and she just looked me in the face and I when I asked her why, she said because you're a truck driver. I I didn't, wow. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's just a, um, amazing but hey okay Rick hey I appreciate it I got to take one more quick break and uh, and then Donna we'll come back and Brian let let let's talk a little bit about the drive it rider park it and your shirts and what that is all about I don't think we've really touched on that yet so quick break and we will be right back and wrap it up here Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website site truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. We are back, and we'll uh, Brian will get into this drive it right or park it campaign. I have one more caller to pop back up. Want to get everybody in here the best I can. Uh, North Carolina area code seven zero four. Go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hello, this is Henry Albert. How are you doing? Hey Henry, what's Hello, going Henry. on? Hello uh, Henry. As nice you know, Im- 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 images way up there on my list of things to do, as Rick alluded to earlier, and. You know, one of the things that distresses me is too many
many people in our industry treat the movie Convoy like it was a documentary, when in fact it wasn't. <laughs> in fact, at one truck show I was at, you know, which tries to emulate somewhat that look, at the movie theater across the street, they had rented it out to have it playing constantly, the movie Convoy and the movie Duel, which is two movies that really didn't do a whole lot good for our image. And yet as no. an industry, we somewhat embrace it. Um, right. We, we talked about, you were talking about T-shirts. I had just done a blog at my site where I do a blog for Team Run Smart on that very issue because yes, on sir. my Facebook news feed came across these T-shirts from this outfit promoting truck drivers with things on them like truckers aren't just crazy. Oh, no, truckers don't just look crazy. They are crazy with skulls and bones oh. all over it. And then it went down. Boy, you're from a man that. after my own heart, sir. <laughs> so, so then, you know, which is quite contrast, like Rick, I wear a shirt and tie every day, which I'll go more into that. So then I decided to Google up trucker T-shirts. That's not a pretty place yeah. to go, other than the ones that just may have a brand on. It gets pretty lewd and in a hurry. Um, right. It, it really drives me crazy. But the, the one thing that I really like about wearing a tie every day that's above and beyond, it's really patterned after the 1940s driving uniform uh, where they wore a hard bill cap, an Eisenhower jacket, a tie, and nice slacks. Uh, yeah. As it turned out, it did a lot for my wages doing that. But the thing that I really enjoy about it is if I stop at a tra uh, convenience store that has, like, the two diesel pumps out back or whatever that's a fairly large one that you can get in and out of, but it's mostly dominated by your uh, car driving public, sure. I cannot usually get from my truck into the store and back to my truck without somebody in one of the cars saying, you're a truck driver? which leads me into a conversation that never would have happened before and right. usually leads to me bringing them over to the truck, letting them sit up in the truck, showing them where the blind spots are and shining a better light on what we do. The other right. thing that I like about dressing the way that I do, it sparks up all sorts of conversations amongst other drivers when I'm at the fuel pumps, when I'm at the docks. Many times they think I fired the driver and I'm taking the truck back, but Usually it leads right. into a conversation that, it, you know, if it just steps them up from being in the old ratty T-shirt to wearing a button-down shirt and looking more professional, to me that's yeah. a victory. Yes, very much so. And, and, and to add to that, you know, we, we, we've always um, uh, dealt with the drivers who have felt that drivers need to dress better. And, uh, you know, we, we've lived the live and let live kind of mind our own business kind of thing but it's led us down a path to where it's gotten out of control and what i suggest one time to a fellow that was a little bit overweight and his pants were hanging down you know dragging down and and uh showing parts that aren't supposed to be showing i just said hey listen nobody's going to tell you how to dress but you know a pair of suspenders could really help that and he looked at me and he's like you know you're right he went and bought a pair of suspenders he put them on and now his pants are up so you know that little thing right there was all it took for him to say, I guess it did look bad, didn't it? You know, but we have to be careful how we do that because we don't want to be judgmental to people. You don't want to do that, but we still need to bring it to light that if we're going to change the image, it has to be across the board. Yeah, well, adding to that, you know, a lot of times you hear people blaming the new generation of drivers. 
Well, no, when I started, no. I was the new generation at that point in time. And I don't think that the new drivers changed as much as the old drivers. And the reason I bring this up, and I was young, and I was all wound up like most young people are when I first started driving, and yeah. which, in which case we had, like, zero training back then, which is a whole other issue. But I'll never forget, I was out on the line unplugging the trucks, because if you didn't have them plugged in in the winter, they weren't going to start. And, and I'll never forget I was there, and this old-timer at the time who had arms that were bigger than my legs, he comes sashaying over to me, and he says, Henry, he says, you're following too close. Of course, I was young, and I, in my mind I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You don't even run with me. You don't know what you're talking about. That's what was going on in my mind. Looking at the size of his arms, that was not what was happening. I was like, okay, sir, uh, yes, uh, and uh, – he comes walking over to my truck, and he says, your truck's only three years old. Look at the stone chips that are on the front of it. He says, come over here. He says, mine's seven years old. And, yes. you know, it, it made a lasting impression. And, and what I'm saying is so much what I hear, and it just happened the other day. Uh, I'll go into that example. But so much now you hear the old-timers say of, of today Oh, well, they went to driving school and this and that, and they don't want to hear what I have to say. Well, you know what? Back at back when I started, the old-timers really didn't care if we wanted to hear what they had to say. You were going to hear it. Uh, right. You know, it, it just – so to me, that's what's changed. Everybody gets born in the same way. We all come out of the womb the same way, and we're, and we're, we're a cumulative effort of what the people around us make us. So that's to right. me, that that is the big change. And the other day, it just happened to me. I'm talking to a guy that's my age. Somehow I got old enough to become, so to speak, one of the old-timers. I don't know how that happened that I became 52 years old. But anyway, we're, we're there, and my back's to the situation. I see him focus up on something, and he says to me, oh, he's going to screw up, but he's just standing there. And I turn around, and I see a guy getting ready to back into another truck that's trying to get into a tight spot at the truck stop. Well, I turned around and I run and got into the view of where the guy was in the mirror and got him stopped and, and helped spot him into the parking spot. Well, sure. I see so many times there was just a video up on the one site that I was made aware of where the guy videoed somebody backing into another truck. If you have time to video somebody backing into another truck, you have time to go over and stop them before they back into another truck. We that need is to have 100% one another's back. correct. Yes, sir. Couldn't agree with you more than that. Now, now that I'm all wound up. <laughs> no, hey, it's good. That's called passion, my friend. And and I think, um, you know, not only we do we need uh, 50,000 truckers with passion, I think we need 1.7 million. And if we really want to go after the serious issues, that's what we're going to need is 1.7 million with a lot of passion and, and working with each other, you know. Um, but we're afraid to bring these problems to the forefront for fear of retribution or being excoriated or somebody retaliating or somebody telling us to, you know, whatever they say to us, if we want to improve things, uh, instead of, instead of saying he's got a good point, they're calling him a show off. Well, if you want to present yourself differently, you're not a show off. You care about your business. And that's the image we want to project to everybody, especially with, excuse me, with the drive, drive it right or park it is that we can't be afraid to go into our truck stops on the ground level and say, listen, 
I know that you got a lot of stress in your life. The job sucks some days. But, hey, can we do this different? And can we work with each other? Because I'll say it now. I got an opportunity to say it to the public. Parking at Fuel Islands needs to stop now across the country. Without question, we have to stop doing these things. Otherwise, we're not going to get improvement. And until such time as we all work on those little things, we're not going to, you know, be able to fix the big things. So, you know, you you have made some awesome points tonight, sir, and, um, you know, it was really nice to listen to you as well. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it, Henry. Hey, we got, uh, you know, I don't know if I've had this caller or not. I'm just going to grab it here. Probably be the last caller I can get to tonight, but uh, Michigan area code 734. Uh, Go ahead. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. First-time listener, first-time caller. My name is uh, Lou Ramsey. I'm calling from the Detroit metro area here in Michigan. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I just want to I want to thank you guys for, for putting this on the air. I just wish there was a way we could get it out to more people. I, I originally, uh, when I got out of the Army, I was driving a fuel tanker. I had an uncle that owned a bulk oil plant back in the uh, early 80s before all the government intervention and uh, uh, the CDL Class A requirements and hazmat requirements. And I did that for a while and loved it and then fell into a couple different categories in construction and and stumbled into real estate and did that for about 25 years. I retired in 05, lost everything in the crash. I'm back to work again, and I've come back to love trucking. I've been expediting for about three years now both straight trucks and tractor trailers. I had to go get my Class A. I didn't uh, grandfather in uh, when I changed careers. But uh, one thing that I learned that I found parallel in the real estate industry was uh, uh, the, the two the two areas are almost parallel in how they're structured. You've got brokers. You've got agents. Um, uh, then, and, and there was, when I started, we didn't have computers or pagers or anything in real estate. We didn't have cell phones. We had nothing. We had a, a book and some pictures and a car and a, and a pocket full of dimes, and you'd find a, a pay phone, and you'd take your calls from there, uh, standing sure. or parked next to it. Uh, but the one thing that, that stood out and I learned early on from some of the old-timers is your reality means nothing. It's your customer's perception is everything. That is your reality because you're doing yeah. something for somebody else, and all they know is what they see until they develop a relationship with you. But you'll never have that opportunity if you can't approach them. And that's all based on their perception. I found coming back into the trucking industry that it's exactly the same, that what you are, how good a driver you are, how good a company you work for, that's irrelevant. All they know is what pulls up to their docks. And if the guy climbs out looking like a truck stop bum, you can tell what he's had to eat all week because he's wearing the same shirt, flip-flops, hang down basketball pants and parts showing that should never be shown in public or private. The guy's unshaven. Right. He's got he's got worse than no attitude. He's got bad attitude. He's got zero manners. He has no self respect. It's obvious. And to get somebody with no self respect to respect somebody else, like another driver, it's kinda right. like trying to teach a pig to, to sing. All you're gonna do is waste your time and aggravate the pig. So you need right. to be able to separate you need to separate those groups of individuals like ourselves, they would love to wear a tie. I mean, I dress sharp when I can. When the weather gets bad, I dress for the weather. But given, you know, proper weather, I dress as sharp as I possibly can and still do my job. I even carry a pair of white gloves when I'm dealing with exceptional cargo. Well, what we did when the, in real estate was they developed 
a higher level of self-governing, which is the realtor association. You can get your real estate license and sell sell houses and sell real estate and do everything else as far as the state was concerned, the federal government. You were licensed. You could do it. But there was a need for a higher accountability, and that's why they developed realtors. We need another association out there for truck drivers that you have to qualify for, and they could create different plateaus of quality in those drivers so you could get them almost like stripes on your shoulder if you were in the military. Sure. Well, to respond to that, first of all, I want to thank you for your service uh, to the country and and appreciate everything you're doing in the trucking industry as well. Um, And and, and the message I want to get out with the Drive for Freedom is not only are we uh, wanting to uh, focus on the ones who care and the ones who carry themselves well, but we want to make it very clear that we're not quitting on the ones who don't care. We want to affect the ones that don't care. We want to take the ones that the world have, has written off, the ones that folks have said, oh, he's useless, or he's a loser, or he's a moron, or he's an idiot. We want to take those people and see if we can't turn them around to make a contribution to trucking. Because if you get told you're an idiot enough, boy, oh boy, at some point you're going to start believing it and start acting it. And and a lot of what the Drive for Freedom is about is my father's traditional values in being realistic, being firmly entrenched in reality, but also being a dreamer and having a vision for people. And as long as there are men like you out there, sir, who want to make a difference, it's going to be contagious. And these types of radio programs, I have been so blessed to come on tonight. Uh, I was really nervous in the beginning, but I'm sure glad I did now because uh, I'm enjoying myself a lot. Um, I've tried to stay humble. Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a great show and a lot of great information. And then, uh, oh, let's see, I forgot his name. Was it Thomas from Michigan? Uh, yeah. Anyway, great caller and uh, a lot of good points. And, you know, I'm kind of watching our time here, kind of winding down here. But as far as the drive it right or park it campaign, I mean, it's it's pretty much all about professional courtesy. And uh, yeah. that is just what you are trying to uh, uh, get the driver in the industry back to. Somewhere along the line, we, yeah. that professional courtesy has been lost. Yes. Well, they need to make they need to make it a choice instead of uh, feeling. Um, you know, I guess there is a degree of obligation to one another that if we're going to fix it, we've got to work together and start driving our rigs. You know literally in a different manner and then figuratively spiritually emotionally everything it also has to be connected in order to be a complete well-rounded trucker and and i think that if the drivers are not afraid to wear the shirt and get it out there it will um folks will see that and feel like you, you it'll actually what, what it will do it's probably bring out a lot of people who have been afraid to stand up and they'll come forward and wear it too. And I, so I think for the industry's sake, if they get it and wear it and it makes a difference, then great. If they don't, then we tried, but we're not here to save the world. And we're not suggesting that DFF is this kumbaya moment that we're just going to fix it all. What we're saying is today we're going to make an effort Tomorrow we're going to make an effort, and we're going to keep making an effort until we see a serious impact. Because today, right, and, 
we do need it fixed. Right, and that's all it is about making effort. And I think this show has proven uh, by the callers and the listeners on the line that uh, image is, image is a big important it's an important issue. Uh, yes, Richard Wilson of TCRGConsulting.com. dot com. You had you had something? Yeah, um, you know, I I kind of hate to go back and take the page out of the old school, but one thing I re- remember was years ago. When the old truck stopped, she had the one or two pumps out front, and uh, you had the little restaurant, little, you know, two or three door shop, and you'd pull your truck up, you'd fuel up, you pull your truck off to the side, and, you you know, you go in, you eat. There was courtesy amongst the drivers. I think we need sure. to kind of look back at those old days because you didn't leave your truck at the pump. Um, you know, the guy next to you, you were, you know, you shared the, the the squeegee with him when you washed your window. You talked about things. Um, you know, yeah. it's funny. I look at the drivers. I was telling, um, you know, Alan earlier. Get a chance sometimes. Just sit in the parking lot of a truck stop and watch the people walking across the parking lot and how they look. Um, back in the old days, the old western shirts. You kind of. Mm-hmm. You'd look at the guy's shirt, and the guy look at your shirt, and you'd see who had the fanciest Western shirt and the boots, and you know, yes. hauling produce back and forth from Florida to New York. Sometimes you, you a couple shirts hanging up in the truck. Your blue jeans might be three or four days old, but you went in the old sink in there with the grease and the dirt and all over, and all you needed was a shop cloth and a bar of lava soap, and but you washed that up brings- and you hit the old pits and combed your hair, but. The thing about it that was brings you back just, so many memories of my father wearing the Barbie Western shirts. Yes. Yeah, um, but I mean, those, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't have to be spotless, but you didn't wear sweatpants, flip flops. Right. You looked like you had some pride. You didn't have mega truck stops waiting for showers, but you looked decent. You yeah. and like I told Alan, first of all, to start with pride. And start with respect starts with you. And until you have it, you can't expect other people to have it. And pride, and and, and it's contagious. If you have it, another person will get it. And I think we need to look at how our industry used to be a little bit. I'm not saying go back to the old days and everything old school. But I, I think if we look at how it used to be, and a little bit of highway common courtesy goes a long way. Right. And, well, and, hey, the and, point and, I want to make there. I think we can do it. Yeah. The point I want to make there, real quick, is um, it's like the the thing with free speech. Uh, there's a couple drivers that say I can dress and do and say whatever I want. This is America. It's a free country. But there is a huge difference between free speech which is, uh, you know, what was laid down by our forefathers and saying and doing what you want to hurt people. There's a huge difference. And when they get that right, then they won't say and do whatever they want to each other. Uh, Bottom line is free speech carries facts. Saying whatever you want and hurting people, big difference. So, you know, the trucking industry... Well, the trucking industry has turned into a cultural diversified industry like we've never seen before as well. And oh, that, I think, kidding. has also played into it. And I'll tell you something else has really played into it in the, in the last several years is the fact that we're in a drop-and-hook culture. We don't see as much yeah. personal um, 
um, you know, um, don't personal contact with between the individual drivers as like we used to. Now it's more right. of a dropping hook society. So you don't yeah. have the contact with the people on the dock. So you, the people don't care what they look like. They drop a trailer right. in the yard, go to bed, hook onto a trailer, and go to their next place. And I think that's what has created this era of sloppiness and it's created the culture. We have a our our industry has a different culture. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not a good one. No, no, you're right. But like like we we've all said tonight, as long as we continue to stick to our guns here, I think we can see a big change and a big improvement. And uh and I look forward to working with you folks as long as it'll be reciprocated. Um I'll do what I can and I don't I don't know everything, obviously, and never have. But, uh, you know, I'll be open to suggestions, and, you know, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, and I'm okay with that. Uh, That's the way we're going to do things with the Drive for Freedom. Yeah, you're doing a good thing. Now, if um, time's kind of winding down here, but, hey, Brian, really appreciate it. If anyone wanted to get a hold of you about the Drive for Freedom uh, or the Drive It Right or Park It campaign, I mean, how's the best way for them to do that? You do, uh, obviously, by phone number and by email. Uh, the phone number uh, I can give that out over the air, I guess, is 920-562-1813 if you're comfortable calling me on the phone. Um, or you can just email us at drive and the number for freedom at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also go to the website um, and go to the Let's Talk page of the website, which is our contact page, and you'll find our email there as well. And uh, the drive, drive it right or park it campaign is not on the website, but it is on Facebook uh, on a couple of our pages. But I will pin it to the top tonight somewhere, uh, so folks can find it. I, if they, I, I think it's. Um, did you did you put a link in the show description on that, Alan? Uh, I, yeah, it should be. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they can go right to yeah, the me, Blog Talk Radio show description. Let me look here. Oh yeah, yeah. The link sure. to drive it right or park it is in the show description. Yeah. So they can just. Well, I, you know, I'm excited to see you and Donna wearing those shirts at Matt's. Uh, I've never been a big truck show guy uh, my whole life. I've only been to one, um, and got second place for a working class truck up in British Columbia, Canada, uh, and that's the last one I was really at. So, you know, maybe I better start coming out to these truck shows a little bit more. And if I see those shirts, I'm going to be pretty proud. You know. Yeah, it would be great. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, later on, you could even develop like a, 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 a like a polo type of shirt with a collar or something. Once it gets hooked, people might want to start wearing that. Well, if it gets hooked up, we can. I just talked to the folks uh, help me run it. Um, you can always uh, create more options if if there's interest for it. You know? Okay. Yeah. Hey. All right. Hey. Sounds good, Brian. Really appreciate you coming on, and we will uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you very much. It's it's been my pleasure, and you folks have a wonderful evening. Okay. All Thank right. You, Brian. Hey, you too. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, uh, everybody uh, joining in. Uh, and Donna, I didn't even ask you before the show. Did you have any uh, announcements or anything? Well, the only announcement, uh, really, I just want to thank everybody uh, for calling in tonight. And I realized, um, oh, I want to tell the gentleman who called in and said he wished he could get this out to more people. And I want to let him know that these shows are all archived. So if you ever want to listen to the show over again, uh, there is an RSS feed 
uh, right on the show page, um, or you can just click on the the replay button on the show. Uh, it's in iTunes. All our shows are in iTunes, so you can listen to the broadcast that way. And we we usually repost all these uh, shows after the show because there's a lot of drivers. They just, you know, they just even though they want to, they can't listen to it at the time, and they're they driving. <laughs> they're driving, or you know. And uh, anyway, so we get uh, a lot of listens from the archives. I want to thank everybody again. Um, you can I, also you can also grab the embed code and put the player on. You can actually put the show player on websites and blogs and things like that. Oh yeah, a lot of people do that. The, like if there's a special show, like Brian, if you want to. Um, Put this show on your website. You just have to take the embed code, yep. and then everybody who comes to your website uh, can listen to the show, which which is good. Um, and and I don't know if you noticed it tonight, um, but everybody who called in was a contributor of NADA, a member of NADA, mm-hmm. and you know, and we're all on the same page, uh, all of us. You know, Brian's got the. Um, Drive for Freedom, we've got North American Trucking Alerts, you've got the Trucking Solutions Group, and you've got Richard here with um, TCRG Consulting. <laughs> He's pointing to his shirt. <laughs> I went I went brain dead for a second. Well, it only showed, this show only showed that the driver image, it, it is a big issue, and there are a lot, a lot of people like Brian and Rick Ash and Henry Albert and everybody that are, you know, grabbing this bull by the horns and, you know, trying to doing their best to do something about it. Yeah, and and even the people who comment on um on Facebook, there's a lot of people who do want to change driver image. And even the people who are in the rut, hopefully listening, will say, "You know what? They're right." And then be an example. And you I think one of the things on Brian's site says you lead by example and hopefully you know enough of that catches on and you respect yourself you demand more respect from your um from your company from the shippers and receivers because you look like you deserve respect at that point and i think that's a that's an important psyche to put the perception that somebody has on you of what you feel about yourself they're going to treat you differently, and it, it you know, okay. if it catches on, it's going to catch on. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, they're just doing a lot of work, good good work. So hey, it was a good show, good callers, and uh, all right. So I take it that is it. We will wind it down, and um, hey, thanks thanks to all who who joined us this evening. Be sure to uh, bookmark us and add us to your favorites. We do appreciate it. Thanks again to Brian Carlson for being with us, and be sure to check out driveforfreedom.com. And we'll leave you with Tony Justice of tonyjusticemusic.com with Peterbilt 379. So thanks again, everybody, and uh, hey, have a great evening. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, askthetrucker.com, truckingsocialmedia.com, northamericantruckingalerts.com, blog talk radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe, and thanks for listening.
Get your left, my son of Peter Bill. 